Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. What's up? Yeah, that's a real common name, isn't it? Like, real common. Like, some of you don't even know, like, what did he say? Did he, so his name is John, and like his middle name is G, right? Or maybe his last name was G, or is it like a hyphen G? Like, what is it? How many of you love, like, the first day of school, and the teacher starts going through the list, right? And they're calling the names. Oh, dear Jesus, I hated that day, all right? Because for some reason, smart teachers, degrees, you know, they cannot read J-O-N-G-E. They can't read it. Like, they would get to that point, at that point, my last name is Tate, right? So I'm, I'm down the line of the alphabetical order. And then when they would get past the S's, you know, or the S, they'd get to the T's, and it's like, and it's T-A-T-E, so I'm pretty close, right? And when they would just stop, and the teacher's sitting there, and I'm like, oh, come on. What you going to say? You know, like, what is coming out of your mouth? And it would be like, um, the smart ones would just stop. They just wouldn't say my name. They would say, Tate, and I'd be like, yes, thank you. And I would say the name, right? Get it right. Or the ones who thought that they were, they're all right. They really are okay. This, we got doctors for that kind of thing. Listen, so, so what, what, um, what <laughs> the only one who got that, you know what I'm saying? Um, so they would be like, um, y- uh, Yong, and I'm like, Yong, Yong. How you get Yong? I know, that's what I say. There's no why, no why, right? Yong, I would get Jorge. And then I stand up, and I'm like, white cracker. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, Jorge. Do I look like Jorge? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, this, are you serious? I would get Yongi G. Yongi G. Are you serious? Yongi G. Uh, I go to Nicaragua with Dan. Dan and I travel to Nicaragua. I've been going to Nicaragua every year, sometimes multiple times. Uh, we now started doing a motorcycle trip back up into the mountains. That's what Dan did with me this past year. Love it. And there's a lady down there. She said, you know how we say your name in Nicaragua, in, in Espanol? I'm like, how you say it? She said, Wange Tate. I'm like, shut. I'm, I'm done with you. Wange Tate. For real? Wange Tate. All right? Listen. J-O-N-G-E. It's just John G. It's like bungee. It just, you just slam it all together. All right? It's not John G. I got this one guy. His name is Larry. And he cannot cannot say my name right. He's like, hey, John G. And I'm like, what's up, Larry? And then he looks at me, and I'm like, bro, like, why you, why you put that little gap right there, you know? I got another friend named Adam, and he's like, Ad, and so I'm like, Adam? How you doing, Adam? I'm like, it's just John G, all right? So I used to think this, my name meant something, right? Like, my name was like this, like, you know, I'm like a Navy SEAL, snap your neck kind of thing, don't mess with me, you know, kind of, you know, because every dude wants to be like that guy, you know what I'm saying? Any, any man in the house? What's up? Right? Yeah. Every dude wants to be that guy, yeah. And so I met this, I was a youth pastor for 14 years, love teenagers, man, it's just something about your life that just like, I just love it. I love the, the drama, the, <laughs> he, broke, he, broke, he broke up with me, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, just, I don't know why, I just love that scene, all right? I, like, people run from that mess, and I'm like, oh, let's go, let's go, let's go. So, I'm a youth pastor at this church down in Durham, North Carolina. Any North Carolinians? Oh, one. <laughs> As I was coming out of my mouth, I'm like, this is going to be a dud. There's one. Good job. Uh, so, we had this we had this Korean, this guy. We're going to get along. We're going to get along great. So it was a Korean church, 
that used our church facility on Sunday afternoons. So one day I'm in the hallway, and I see Pastor Kim in the hallway. And I said, Pastor Kim, do you got to hook me up. Like, what does my name mean in Korea? Like, what does my name mean? Korean. And, and he goes, oh, Pastor Janji, your name means delicate red pickle in Korea. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm going to, like, stab you with a chopstick like nine times. I don't know what you just said. You just made something up. Pastor Kim, oh, my word. Pastor Kim and I, we were buddies. We were buddies. So uh, I, have, I have four kids up in my house. I got four kids up in my house. I got an 18-year-old son who just graduated from high school, heading to Liberty University. Whoop, whoop. Uh, and then I have three daughters, okay? I got my, my, my oldest daughter is Jordan, and Jordan is 16. She is on her second time taking this crazy DMV test online. Oh, my word. You got to go to a public library in Virginia, and you take this test, and it's crazy. It is crazy. Like, I'm sitting beside her, and she goes, Dad, what do I say? And I look at the screen, and it's like, what is the mixture in antifreeze, 50-50 or 60-40? And I'm like, Can I, why does she need to know that? That is the dumbest question ever. Why does my, unbelievable, all right? So she's taking it twice. So she's 16. It's 50-50. That's the right answer that I have looked up in the Virginia DMV booklet, all right? My daughter's going back. We're going to take it again. So she's 16. And then I have my sweet daughter, Cherith. Her name is Cherith. She's named after the Cherith Brook Ravine in 1 Kings 17, where God hooked a man up by the name of Elijah every day from this Cherith Brook. And a raven brought that joker some food every day. It's the craziest story in the Bible. Unbelievable. And I was reading that. I was doing that with our student ministry, walking through that, that chapter when I found out we were pregnant with baby number three. And I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. So we called her Cherith. Brooke, she's sweet, straight A's, right, brilliant. Like, she will just disappear. I'm like, where's Cherith? And I'll go into her room, and she's like, yes, Daddy. And she's just sitting in there reading. She's devoured, like, a couple novels, you know what I'm saying? I'm totally dyslexic. I'm ADD off the chart, all right? And I don't remember what I read, and then I'm like, I don't know where this kid came from. She's brilliant, all right? And then my last child, her name is Mariah. She has some red in her hair. She came out, bam, out the womb with, like, this long red glowing hair. People, everybody, if she showed up in this room, all the girls would be like, mm, where'd she get that hair? How'd she get that hair? People do it all the time. Where did this girl get this hair? She is um, like crazy. Her oldest brother, all right, Tabor is his name. Tabor would, uh, would I would hear him somebody like, oh, snap, Mariah's in anger mode. Everybody run. And she just like, just run out the way, right? She's this real sweet little child, but she is crazy athletic. Last year, sixth grade, starting point guard for her team, the varsity girls wanted her to come up and practice with them. She is by far the fastest girl running in her class. There's only two jokers who even come close to her. You know, field day, right? When you get the ribbons, y'all still do field day? Anybody do field day? All right, elementary school, y'all been out of that a little bit? Well, all right, well, she was there, fifth grade, sixth grade. So third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade. Top, my girl, my girl, smoke, boy, boom, she's got it, right? Mariah got handles, nasty. 
She's breaking ankles like crazy. This is an insane little girl. She's playing AAU right now on an all-eighth grade team, and she's just, uh-huh, okay. And she is, you know, so that's my Mariah, all right? That, that's my crew, and I absolutely love my wife. My wife, Lene, my beauty queen, she is hot, and we made babies. So I'm just telling you, we, she's a smoke, right? But, but listen, listen, it's crazy. It's crazy. Married life. That's right. Put a ring on a baby. <laughs> we did. I saw that. I was like, got that. That's right. It's all about this. So, but listen, we did it right. I was straight virgin when I got married. So was she. It was amazing, right? And I'm just going to tell you right now, we're going to talk about this. Some of y'all are like, uh, I'll be like, yeah, we're going to talk about this because you know what? Guess who created that? God did. My God, he knows what he is doing. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. I'm telling you, it's amazing, all right? We did it God's way, and, it, it's, it's, and I love my family. I love my life. Uh, it's, it's awesome. And so I tell you that just to say, look, these shoes from? Where you are, all right? I walk into my, my 18-year-old, son, and I'm like, you got a new, where, where'd you get these shoes from? Why you need another pair of shoes? I'm like, what is this shoe fetish with my son? What is wrong with you? And he's like, you know, I mean, it's just, I mean, the shoes. And I'm just like, and, and taking pictures with the shoes. And I'm like, the shoe, why, is, why are we about the shoes, man? What is it about the shoes? And it's crazy, right? It's crazy. So I get that world. And right now, I absolutely love that world. Did that fall out of my Bible? It did? Look at that. That did not fall out of my Bible. Mean, yes, it did. Yes, it did. Sorry, I got that. I know what that is. <laughs> I'm going to need that later. <laughs> Thank you. Um. I love the world that you're in. I say that because I am in it. I'm in it in the church that I get to serve as one of the shepherds. I love it. I love Anytime I get to go to high schools, middle schools with Fellowship of Christian Athletes, I love it. I go speak to sports teams on a regular basis. Some of that's because of my background in high school, which maybe we'll talk about. But I just, I love where you are. And I love the questions you have. My kids are right there. Dad, what's going on with this? I was on the phone with my 16-year-old on, on my way here today. And she told me something that God did in her heart in church this morning. And she said, Dad, I just got to call and tell you. But I said, where are you, girl? She said, I'm in my bed. She's got this loft. She sits up close to the ceiling. And she's just sitting up there. And she called me. And she's like, dude, man, Jesus is rocking my world, Dad. And I'm crying. I'm like, baby, I'm crying. I'm, I'm driving. Man, you going to cause Daddy to wreck. And... But it was just like, tell me about it. Tell me what God's doing in your life. I love where you are. And I have spent, since I was 19 years old, in camp settings every summer of my life. Every summer. I just came back from our camp with our students. We got a youth pastor. Some of you are like, why are you going? Because I like teenagers. I just, I just dig what you do. And I ain't sleeping up in the rooms no more, all right? I'm in a hammock up in the mountains in the woods. That's where I'm at. All right, I'll come down, but I'm going to get some sleep. I'm at that age. I got to get my rest. You know what I'm saying? So I can't do what y'all do anymore. But listen, I say that to say, I love where you are, and I am totally jazzed about what God is going to do in your heart in this week. I've said it hundreds, thousands of times, God will do more in one week of camp than perhaps in an entire year of your life. Because you step into this scene, even the, even the cool guys in the back, I was watching during worship, and I was like, yep, I remember that. Three-sport athlete, 
thought I was the junk when I backed into the blocks against Tiki and Rondé Barber at the state championship, high hurdles. And I remember that day when I was all about, mm, I was all about me. Mm-hmm, yeah, <laughs> white boy about to show y'all. Yeah, guess what? I got smoked, all right? My career was done. Tiki and Rondé Barber, who went on to the NFL, right? One of them brothers has got the, the Ninja Warrior show going on, you know? Cool Pops moment. I watched that scene one day. Bought one of the Barber boys was on there, and I, I looked at Mo. They call her hashtag Mighty Mo. I said, hey, guess what, girl? Daddy raced that joker. She's like, no, you didn't. I'm like, I did. I raced him. She's like, no, we did. what's the name? I said, I don't know. They're twins, so I don't know if it's Tiki or Rondé, but they, his, his last name is Barber. Watch, it's going to come up here in a second. Name comes up. I was like, get some. Get some. She's like, did you win? I'm like, no, I got bad. I got to be bad. So, <laughs> so I, I have no idea where, that, where I was going with all that, but listen, this is what I want to say to you, all right? This is what I want to say to you. I am in your world. There is stuff behind the scenes of what I'm looking at right now that, that this week I'm going to pray that God will allow you to open up to, all right? Because God loves you. He loves you. Those of you that when we say, hey, let's give something for Jesus, and you're like, yeah, that's my Jesus, whoa, and then the ones in the back that are just like, yeah, come on. I'm more into that girl right over there. That's who I'm into right there. Can we say something for her? What about that one over there? I get it. Listen, I'm telling you, God knows you. He knows exactly where you are. The Bible says that he has the hairs on your head counted. Some of y'all got it more than others. You know what I'm saying? Um, He loves you. He loves you. All that stuff in your closet, all that stuff that's on your phone that you hope nobody ever finds, God knows it, sees it, and says, I love you. I love you. All that stuff that you hope nobody ever finds out about, God's going, listen, I'm right here. I love you. And what I want you to know is God wrote a book. Everybody say, God wrote a book. It's crazy to me when I think about that and I go, God, he, he wrote a book. God wrote a book. And you and I, every night, are going to open up a book that the Almighty wrote to you and I. You ever gotten that text message from that special someone that you hoped would finally come and it came? Did you go, I ain't going to read that. I'm going to wait a couple days. No, man, you dive in. You check it out. The God who loves you more than anybody, who will never, ever seek to do anything to hurt or harm you, wrote you a letter. And we're going to open it up and we're going to read it. We're going to be specifically in a passage in Isaiah that's very close to my heart, Isaiah chapter 61. But here's what I want you to listen, students. Of all the things that we're going to talk about, I mean, it's fun to go, ooh, he raced with Tiki and Rondé Barber, and he's got four kids, and you hear those stories, and we laugh about it. But listen, the most important thing that I am going to say in any of these nights with you is the moment that we open God's word. And so when we do, I'm going to speak clearly, I'm probably going to slow down a little bit, and I want you to listen intently to what is going to be said, and and maybe even worshipfully, because it will be by far the greatest thing that is spoken over you, to you, this entire week. It's God's word to you. And so before we read it, 
before we dive into Isaiah 61, and we're just going to talk just briefly about it tonight, and you guys are going to get to where you got to go. Kind of an introduction. Let's pray. And I wonder if in your heart, as you bow your heads, as you close your eyes, if in your heart you would say, okay, God, don't look at me. Just close your eyes. Stop looking at me. Make it dark. Okay, God, speak. If you're all that, and you're that creator of everything, you know what? I got questions. Why did that happen to me? Somebody in the room, you're going to ask that this week. If God is so loving, then why did that happen to me? Then why did, why won't you fix? Listen, I've spent enough time with teenagers. I know there's stuff. And it didn't have anything to do with you, but it happened to you. And I want you to know this week is going to be a safe place for you to have those conversations. But I wonder how many of you right now would just say, God, I invite you to speak to my soul. You love me. And, and I, just, I just put yes on the table. I, I just say yes to you. And I give you authority to speak over me. I want to listen with the attitude of my heart, say yes to you. God, I pray for each of these students that come from different backgrounds, different homes, different communities, different schools. But in your sovereignty, you brought us to this place, week three, and here we are in the OTM. What do you want to say? Would you speak and have your way in our hearts? In Jesus' name, amen. Isaiah chapter 61. We're going to read verses 1 through 4. I believe it will be on the screens for you. If you brought a Bible to camp, please bring it with you. Here's what Isaiah says, starting in verse 1. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and a release from darkness to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and to provide those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Everybody say, beauty instead of ashes. That's your theme right there, beauty instead of ashes. Because as I start talking about some of that stuff, some of you are like, ooh, he's pushing. Wow, how does he know? Is there any way that he got tapped into my email? Has he seen my phone? How does this guy know me? Some of you already feel that way. How do I know? I've been there. I've been sitting right where you sat. And, and you're just like, ashes? Some of you in the room, you got ashes in your life. And what we're going to talk about all week is that God wants to take what Satan intends for ash in your life, and he can turn it to something that is absolutely beautiful, showcase worthy. The oil of gladness instead of mourning, 
and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. That they will be called the oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And tonight I just want to introduce that word sovereign Lord to you. That's it. Sovereign Lord. What comes to your mind, don't say it out loud, but what comes to your mind when you think about that word sovereign Lord? Sovereign. Some of y'all are like, dude, I don't know. I can't spell it. Guess what? I can't spell it either. I, I would fail that test. I'm dyslexic. So I can't spell where the hoot. Praise Jesus for Google and like dictionary spell checkers on the phone, right? I'm, I'm right there. Sovereign. If you look up the definition of sovereign, you're going to get words like superior, greatest, supreme in power and authority, ruler, and independent of all others. Supreme, ruler, ultimate authority, the sovereign Lord. Now, what I want you to know about this text What I want you to know about what we just read, this is important. Isaiah, we're in the book of Isaiah, and Isaiah was a prophet. Prophets basically said, hey, this is what God said. This is what God told me to tell you, right? Now, then Jesus comes. You don't have prophets after Jesus because it was, that's New Testament, that's Jesus. But what I want you to understand about this Isaiah passage is it was given to this prophet Isaiah almost like something that fell from heaven, Isaiah 61, and Isaiah, okay, because the Bible says that God inspired, God breathed the word of God to holy men of God, and they wrote it down by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, 40-plus authors from all different walks of life all over the planet, all over the globe. Isaiah, real dude, prophet, he gets it. He writes it down, and then the Bible tells us that it was put in a scroll, And it was never spoken. It was never spoken. How do we know that? Because in Luke chapter 4, I don't think that's going to be on the screens for you, so I'm just going to read it for you. This is where we get this understanding. What I love about the Bible is that the Bible supports the Bible. If you've got a Bible with you, you could turn to Luke chapter 4. Check this out. Jesus is on the scene. He rolls up into the synagogue, is what the Bible says, Luke chapter 4, verse 16. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, Jesus, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Seventh day, Jesus is in the synagogue. And he stood up to read, verse 17, and the scroll... Of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. Jesus rolls into Nazareth, hometown, rolls into the synagogue on the seventh day, stands up. Somebody says, Ooh, get the scroll. They get the scroll from Isaiah. Look at what the Bible says. He unrolled the scroll and found the place. So he found the place. So Jesus unrolled the scroll. Unroll that mess. He's looking, he's looking, he's looking, and he finds this place where it was written, what you and I just read in Isaiah 61. And he says, 
The sovereign Lord, the spirit of the sovereign Lord has anointed me to come and proclaim good news. And then the word of God that God inspired men to have was spoken by Jesus Christ himself. So when we read this in Isaiah, I want you to understand that. That's important to know that the sovereign Lord. Now, how many of you hear this word sovereign? You hear ruler, you hear in charge. When I said this to sometime a group of students, somebody said, ooh, that sounds like the royal family. Now, I am not one of them dudes who follows the royal family. Anybody follow the royal family? Anybody? Some of y'all, the ladies in the back, like, oh, yeah. I mean, it's like a saga. Like, who's married to who? And I'm telling you right now, she's, you're proud of that, too. Like, mm-hmm, yes, 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 all right? I know nothing about the royal family. I never met the royal family. I've never had spot tea with them. I've never done anything like that, all right? But here's what I know. It all revolves around the what? The queen. It all revolves around the queen. Now, I got a little mentality of this because I'm a beekeeper, all right? I got three hives on my property right now. So I understand that everything is about the queen. I also understand when mama ain't happy in the house, ain't nobody happy. I get that principle, all right? It all revolves around the queen. Did you know that there is proper etiquette? to everything revolving the queen. This is legit. Like, if you have a meeting in some fashion whatsoever with the queen, there is a whole regimen that you better, you better follow and get it right or you're out. Number one, you arrive before she gets there. If she's there and you're not, you ain't in. Sorry, you missed it. You have to arrive before the queen gets there and you will be there after she leaves because you're not allowed to leave when she's in the room. If by some crazy chance you get to approach the queen, you must do so facing her. Never, ever turn your back to her. That is rude. Don't do that. You face her. Gentlemen, we bow. And it's not like this deal like this. It's just like this little like, "Mm mm-hmm. It's just like this bow. It's just a little head nod like, yep, that's a bow. All right. Ladies, you curtsy. I'm not going to do that because I don't even know what that is. You know what I'm saying? You curtsy. Now, something, yeah, I don't know. There we go. Do a little curtsy. Yes, there we go. That's a curtsy. All right? It's a curtsy. The first words out of your mouth, the first words, it's not like, hey, what's up? Right? You can't do that. The first words out of your mouth are your majesty. If you don't say that, whoever's around her, you're out. Your majesty. After that, ma'am is kosher. I'm telling you. There's a list of what you have to do to know, to follow, if you're going to be around royalty. Never touch her. Never. It's never okay. And you never shake her hand unless she moves towards you first. Don't ever reach like you're going to touch. Uh-uh. Isn't that crazy? Royalty. So when we say the sovereign Lord, then I read crazy stuff in the Bible about like dudes with leprosy who had to go off and live in camps because they had junk falling off their skin, and Jesus rolls up and gives them a hug. Get you some of that. That's my God, right? That's Jesus. And it says that he is the sovereign Lord who's come to give good news to the poor. If I hang around you over salsa and chips... For any brief moment of time, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, every single one of you has an ash story at some level. I don't know why they sent that text to me. I don't know why they said that about me to them. Why would they say it? I thought they were my friend. 
Why would he treat me that way? Why would he do that to me? Why would he ask me to do that? Why would she ask me to do that? Why would my parent, why would my dad not have showed up? I'm telling you, every single teenager I know that I've spent any amount of time with has an ash story at some level. Be very careful about thinking that your ash story is nothing. Be very careful about going, oh, mine's better than yours. Every single one of you has some form of heartache, some form of brokenness somewhere in your life. And what we want you to know and understand is that God wants to speak to that ash. Whatever Satan tried to smoke and leave for dust and go, that's nothing. You're nothing. You'll never amount to anything. Because he's got one plan, steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus looks at all of you and says, hey, students, I've come that you might have life and life to the fullest. That awaits you this week if, if you will take the time to listen. And that's why I did what I did when we first started. Are you willing to seriously invite Jesus to speak to you this week? There's going to be lots of times. There's going to be nights where I say, hey, go, go sit in that field and just go talk to the creator. There's going to be moments where you and your group and you're just going to have questions. You guys are just going to sit back and talk and chill. Will you use that? Every student that I know wants to seek God or avoid him. One or two. You, you genuinely want to hear from God or you're here to avoid him. Mom and daddy just foot the bill and said, here, go to camp because we can't deal with you this week. Or this is a good week for you to go to camp. We're busy. Just go. And you're like, okay. Every single one of you, you have a genuine desire to know, seek, be with God or avoid him. Where are you? Where are you at? I'm going to tell you something. Man, he loves you. And he wants to do an amazing, amazing thing in your life this week. Will you let him? Let's pray. God, your word is true. It's accurate. It's spot on. And it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And just like in this room, teenagers 10 years ago were hearing your word. And it speaks to us today, 10 years later. Father, what do you want to say to us this week? You are ruler. You are sovereign over us. Whether we want to acknowledge it or not, or whether we like it or not. And so we ask you, would you dial us in as we say yes to you and what you desire to do in our hearts this week. In Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.